Productive Justice, a podcast on all things reproductive justice, rights, and health. I'm Anna. And I'm Bridget. And we're your two very unqualified hosts. So let's first address the elephant in the room. Uh, We've been away for a while, uh, quite a while, many months. Some would say a very, very long time. And I know that our fans have been clamoring to hear our Mm -hmm. voices, and especially in the state of repro these past couple months um so let's just catch everybody up what have you been up to Bridget well what have I been up to um well I moved into my own apartment which has been great um it's gorgeous fabulous um I'm in my hot girl era, which is amazing. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling really great, really like mentally healthy, um, new lease on life. But work and the state of abortion access has been the biggest dumpster fire possible. I didn't think it could get worse, but it's just it gets worse every single month. And so I've just stopped waiting for rock bottom to hit. Um, yeah, it's been a real nightmare for you. I, on the other hand, I'm having a really great time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to say. Um, yeah, I've been having a really great time. I moved in with my cute little boyfriend, um, to a beautiful home. I got a new job where I am now making twice as much as I used to (laughs) in, 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 um, in a previous job. So that feels good. It especially feels good to make more than my previous boss. Um, <laughs> that feels like really like validating in a way that I I really I can't explain, and I hope everyone gets to experience that. And yeah, I am just kind of thriving and having a great time. No complaints. Um, like. Next week I'm going to Sweden, um, just cause. Oh my god! <laughs> just having I a nice time. I want to sell out and go into Big Law. <laughs> this isn't fair. I haven't even sold out. I like I'm doing a job that is. I'm still at a nonprofit, but doing really different kind of work, mostly research, and it's it's been great. You know, you deserve it. You do. You deserve it. I'm so happy for you. Um, it's nice to have a sugar mommy in my life. (laughs) I deserve that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe one day you'll stop. You'll choose to stop being poor. Yeah. One day, like Paris Hilton said, stop being poor. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's really nice just living. Um, and yeah, it's a new era for our podcast. We're thinking <laughs> of trying to be more consistent with it. Um, yeah. We've never been, you know, all, you know, we're not really p- gals that are really into like doing things, you know, at a certain time frame, <laughs> like being consistent, like doing things this week, next week. Blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. I think <laughs> we're going to give it an honest effort. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's a lot to report on. Um so yeah. yeah. So do we remember what was the state of things when in the last episode? Like, did we even talk about Roe v. Wade being overturned? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't oh, think man. so. Oh man. <laughs> so oh, man. in case you missed it, uh, Roe v. Wade. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Roe v. 
been overturned. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. So Roe v. Wade was overturned. And yeah, we're just, it's vibes now. Like all of the, um, jur- or not all, but a lot of the abortion jurisprudence that we've had to like know and understand and commit to memory and use to make all of our like arguments and cases around abortion access um, fell with Roe v. Wade being overturned. So the, the new, you know, standard is um, no jurisprudence, just vibes. It's just vibes out here. (laughs) Just straight vibes. So, yeah. Um, I want to move on because I feel like I I don't know what else to say about that. Besides that, it's like the most horrible thing that's ever happened in a while in this movement. Um, And also just to acknowledge, like, Roe v. Wade wasn't perfect. It didn't protect everyone, as we've said countless times Mm -hmm. to each other and on this podcast. It was Mm -hmm. the floor. And now there's not even a floor. We're living in the basement. We're living, um, you know that movie that's like, what is it called? Justin Long is on it. And it's like a horror movie. And the girl goes down to the basement. And then there's uh, a woman. And she is trying to like treat them like babies because she's all deformed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. We're like in the crawl space. We're in the dustiest, darkest corner of the crawl space of the basement yeah um is where we're at right now yeah so given that context um what we're going to talk about this week is well what are we going to talk about uh, Bridget, do you want to introduce our topic? Yes. So this week we're going to be talking about um, the most recent shit show that's going on in our federal courts around the most common form of abortion, which is medication abortion. Right. So maybe let's back up and explain for folks that haven't, um, that aren't super versed in what that means. I know that we've definitely talked about it on this podcast before, but again, we haven't been on this podcast for several months. Um, so folks might need a refresher on what it means. And also like, just a caveat, like we are not doctors. We're barely lawyers. We're certainly not Mm -hmm. lawyers in this context. (laughs) So take all this with a grain of salt and like definitely google.com um yeah yeah. and if you have any like questions about any of the things we're talking about today you can go to abortion on our own terms uh it's a website that discusses you know what medication abortion is what the process is like gives you information about the different medications and if you ever have questions about any legal risks around self-managing abortion, um, you can reach out to the If When How Repro Legal Helpline help and they'll be able to um, support you if you have any like legal risks or concerns around legal risks. So um, I'm just going to, you know, hop right into it. Uh, so we're going to go through like the different cases and what's going on. But essentially, um, there is a case currently uh, pending right now. Um, and it is regarding whether or not this important drug called mifepristone is going to be banned from access nationwide. So mifepristone is one medication in a two-medication protocol that is the most common form 
of abortion in the United States. Mifepristone is a drug that blocks a hormone called progesterone, and it's needed for a that is needed for a pregnancy to continue. Um, mifepristone, when used together with the other medication called misoprostol, is used to end a pregnancy through 10 weeks gestation. So that's 70 days or less since the first day of the last menstrual period. Mifepristone has been approved for use by the FDA for over 20 years, around like 23 years now. It was first approved in the year 2000. Um, it has a better safety record than Tylenol. Um, it has a better safety record than, uh, what are those drugs that people with penises have to use to get Viagra. <laughs> Viagra. Um, <laughs> it's been used by over 5 million people nationwide since its approval to uh, safely and effectively end their abortions. So mifepristone is a pretty significant part of abortion access. And I'll just underscore this point again. It is the most common, commonly used form of abortion in the United States. So um, there is, uh, um, Anna's going to talk a bit about um the this these two cases that uh were in the uh circuit court but uh I just want to introduce like the where this you know issue all came yeah. from so um this organization called Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. Um, they uh, are this organization that's like a collaborative of a, of a bunch of anti-abortion groups. And um, they not so coincidentally established their organization in the district of um, a, di- a district of Texas, of Amar- Amarillo, Texas, about two or three months after the Dobbs decision came down, which overturned Roe v. Wade. And this organization like immediately started directing their energy towards um, eliminating access to mifepristone with, you know, the knowledge that medication abortion is like the new frontier of access without, you know, access to surgical abortions in some states because folks can get, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, because folks can get access to medication abortion in the mail and what have you. So they've, um, they are headquartered in Amarillo, Texas, which conveniently is also the same district or jurisdiction where this judge called Matthew Kazmarek is located. That's his jurisdiction. His, uh, he's a federal judge. He was nominated by Trump. And like before he was nominated and like even during his like tenure as a federal judge has said a lot of problematic things about abortion, about like civil rights in general, um, about reproductive health care. And um, so it was convenient that they were able to when they sued the FDA, stating that um, they sued on two grounds, saying that the initial the initial approval of mifepristone by the FDA back in 2000, um, not to get into the weeds, but the FDA has like the right to or has the authority and the expertise to approve certain drugs. Um, that's like the authority they were given by Congress. And they approved um, mifepristone back in 2000 under this specific legislation that's called, uh, I believe it's called subpart H of like yeah. the Federal Food and Drug Act. And this act specifically says um let me pull up the language because it's really important to uh just like explaining this but this um subpart h 
piece specifically says um, that uh, it recognizes accelerated approval of certain new drugs that have been studied for their safety and effectiveness in treating serious or life-threatening illnesses um, that provide meaningful therapeutic benefit to patients over existing treatments. So essentially, Alliance for Defending Freedom is representing this organization called Alliance for Hippocratic uh, Medicine, and they are arguing that pregnancy is not a life-threatening illness and that Mifepristone does not provide therapeutic benefits for treating pregnancy. So like the FDA was wrong for approving mifepristone under that specific legislation. They also, like the second prong of their argument, because it's a two-prong argument, they argued that um, irrespective of like whether or not the FDA was had the authority to approve mifepristone back in 2000, the actions the FDA has taken since they have approved, namely like they've modified their like specific restrictions around how mifepristone is distributed in our country and they named like all of the like REMS modifications following the year 2016 were in violation of the Administrative Procedures Act. So they're basically saying either you like mifepristone shouldn't be approved because it was under the wrong like like legislation by the FDA and two the actions that the FDA has taken since approving it have been like problematic and put people's lives at risk which is categorically untrue and science and the statistics just completely disagree and the whole entire like case was or the whole entire complaint was filled with junk science and all this like anti-abortion rhetoric and so it goes before this Trump judge who hates abortion and women and people capable of pregnancy. And he's like, yeah, you guys got a point. And so I'll let Anna take up now where what happened with the Fifth Circuit. Um, so you can also correct me because I feel like you have a more like a deeper understanding of uh, of like what the legal issues are and like what has happened. But um, my understanding is that this judge was like, yeah, this makes sense. We should pull back basically the FDA's approval um, because of those reasons. Is that basically it? Like he was just kind of like, this all makes sense. Let's go ahead and um, put like an injunction on on this approval. Yeah. So he, so the like anti-abortion group like asked him to quote unquote, Um, hold these actions of the FDA as unlawful, set them aside, and vacate them, which is like, okay, girl, like, is that even, like, a thing? Um, but the judge... Didn't the judge also, besides that, also was like, what about Comstock? Yeah. (laughs) Was he the one who inserted that, or was that the Fifth Circuit? I forget. So you want to talk about Comstock? Let's talk (laughs) about Comstock. So, in their argument, or in their complaint to this judge, they say, set this whole thing aside, throw the whole thing out, it's a mess, we hate it, blah blah. They also, there's also a part of their um, complaint, there's this little thing called the Comstock Act, which is this old ass, like, law from- Dusty, crusty. Dusty, crusty, musty, it's from literally the year 18 something or other, when like- (laughs) people like a very long time ago i just feel like if we still i my thing is like if there's a law what at the same time that we had like i don't know enslaved people like perhaps like we shouldn't enforce that 
You'd think, right? <laughs> You'd think, but no, no. Well, you see, the Comstock Act said some things that was like, basically it was like this guy, Henry Comstock, or whatever the hell his name was. I'm making that up, but that could be his name. Who knows? <laughs> he comes out and he's like, that little bitch. Yeah, basically he's like, I hate like anything sexual. And like, he like freaks out about like pornographic things being. I've never gotten laid, and that was everybody's problem. (laughs) Yeah, like pornographic things going in the mail, whatever. And like, part of the Comstock Act is like, no illegal substances should be like permitted to be. And I don't want to like get this verbiage wrong, but something like, no, no like. Thing should be illegally sent that could like um, cause some or aid someone in having an abortion. Um, but since then, like over the last like century, because this is such an old uh, law, the like jurisprudence around the Comstock Act, like federal courts have time and time again found that like that specific language doesn't apply to the mailing of medication abortion drugs um, if those drugs are sent legally because the verbiage of the Comstock Act is like can't be sent illegally. And um, also there was this, I can't remember this specific thing, but... um, His name's Anthony Comstock, by the way. Yeah, so not Harry or Henry Comstock or whatever. (laughs) But um, there was this... uh, Okay, so since the... The FDAAA was, like, changed or whatever a couple of years ago. Um, They, like, quietly repealed the Comstock Act because they didn't, like, incorporate those pieces into that law, which supersedes the Comstock Act. So, whatever. they These uh, Alliance for Hypocrites of whatever, Jesus lovers, <laughs> filed <laughs> Hippocratic hose. Okay, okay. Side, side line. Have you seen those? the tiktok videos of the girl singing like jesus is the only one who satisfies or, like god no is the but can you satisfies. send it to me i want it i mean it's, it's like the funniest thing it's gonna screw up my algorithm but i want to see it um <laughs> but the they basically the alliance of hippocratic hoes as <laughs> the alliance of hypocrite hoes <laughs> um incorporated the comstock like basically this argument that like the Comstock Act bars mailing of medication abortion because what do anti-abortion folks know that mailing of medication abortion is the way that folks in states where abortion is now banned I think in like 13 states or something like that that the folks in those states are going to get access to abortion via the mail so they know what they're doing here like they're like this is intentional and so uh Judge Matthew Kesmerick, he says, um, he essentially is like, oh, y'all have a point. He agrees with them on everything, um, but he doesn't, he, because they're like, throw the whole thing out. He actually like goes above and beyond for the anti-abortion groups and like instead grants a stay on the original approval of Mifepristone in 2000 and says like that approval a stay basically means like it's paused or like it's blocked as if it like never happened and then he also um he also like said like the Comstock Act bars the mailing of medication abortion so then the DOJ like immediately appeals and it's so Judge Matthew Kesmerick, he, like, puts, like, a delay on, like, the order taking effect for one week in order for the DOJ to appeal. 
the DOJ appeals to the Fifth Circuit and they're like, you have to block this immediately. All the reasons, blah, 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 common sense. Keep in mind, folks, any common sense like judge would have thrown this out completely because, or immediately, because it's just like the leaps and bounds of like distancing themselves from how the law works is like insane. Yeah. And it's, and it's the whole premise is all these like easily debunked non-scientific like articles that are just like, just contradicting like decades of research saying that like medical abortion is literally safer than Tylenol. Like the, <laughs> the things like, that the FDA has approved with even less restrictions because I mean let's not even get into the into the wackiness of like the REMS rules or whatever like that for a while you ha- you had these like in-person requirements or like certain people couldn't um, prescribe it like that's let's set that aside but it's like things that you can get over the counter like Tylenol or things that you can get quite easily like Viagra are way more like unsafe than this like very safe method of abortion yeah very safe method and it's also important to note like I guess this doesn't really like matter as opposed to like the outcome of Judge Kaczmarek's decision but like I think it's really important to note that like Throughout his opinion, he employed a lot of anti-abortion language. That was like, it was chock full of anti-abortion language. I'll just like pick out a couple standout quotes. But like, for instance, throughout, he refused to use the word fetus when referring to fetuses under 10 weeks gestation because you can't use medication abortion over 10 weeks per the FDA. Wink, wink. Um, Per the FDA important term there <laughs> important phrase um and he was cited he cited to this like anti-abortion study that described the term as like not scientifically accurate so throughout his whole entire opinion he refers to fetuses under 10 weeks gestation as unborn humans um he refers to abortion providers wild he prefers he refers to abortion providers as abortionists he describes mifepristone as a synthetic steroid that blocks the her the hormone progesterone halts nutrition and ultimately starves the unborn human until death that's not even how that works (laughs) also like enough with the drama enough I just feel like these anti-abortion people are, like, literally so dramatic. Like, they need to chill out. Like, it's really not that deep. Like, you know what a 10-week fetus looks like? A uh, barf. Like, just like a barf. <laughs> like, I just, like, it, it's, like, it's, it's, like, a, it's having a weird shit. It's, like, what it, I yeah. compare it to visually. Like, sharding yeah. like and, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> a shart is probably bigger than an, a... 10 weeks. Anyway, um, <laughs> he said he describes the process as he describes mifepristone as killing the unborn human, followed by misoprostol to induce cramping and contractions to expel the unborn human from the mother's womb. Who's the mother? What are you talking about? <laughs> and that says all this stuff about people who get abortion saying that like they regret it and they like are filled with shame and in- regret and anxiety. Just like all this cuckoo crazy stuff that like is just not accurate um but yeah so then it went to the fifth circuit fifth circuit was like uh, i don't know about the whole thing about um blocking mifepristone from like the day one of when it was approved but you have a point on the comstock act and you have a point on um like the actions that the fda has taken since mifepristone was approved so essentially right. the fifth circuit said okay we 
you could still access mifepristone, but you have to abide by the 2016 REMS, which is like the restrictions on how you could actually get mifepristone, which are super dated, super old. Um, yeah. Do you and just not necessary, and especially like we're still in a pandemic. Like I don't know if people have noticed, but especially like those like in-person requirements, you're asking folks like you know, let's think about people who are maybe like most most people in America are living like really far from someone who's able to prescribe and have a sit down meeting with you like this is going to cut off people just from even having the conversation with like a provider and like as we know like telehealth has been such a resource like during covid and especially for folks who didn't have the chance before to be able to access this care because of just like where they happen to live um and so all this stuff is gonna be such a disaster and it's i mean not to like put it bluntly but like and this is stuff that like has been said about the road decision too it's like people are gonna die because of this like people are not going to be able to access this and it's gonna be a problem (laughs) like i don't know how else to put that i guess no literally and like it's also like the people in like states where abortion is now banned, like this is their last line of defense to access abortion. And it's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the other piece here is like, there is no like, not that this should like, people should just be able to take a medication that's safe and effective and approved by the FDA just because they want to. People should be able to choose what to do with their bodies. But also there's an important aspect here that mifepristone is critical for like, the full spectrum of, a, of reproductive health care. Like mifepristone is prescribed to a lot of people who are experiencing miscarriages to help them pass the unviable pregnancy. Like it's, it's really sad and there's no like carve out for that in any of these like decisions. Like it's just and putting like, an all out stop. And like, I'm sure you've seen this too. And like the talks about, especially the Comstock Act being like, seen in this way and being interpreted to mean like that anything that could cause uh, an abortion um, or or an illegal abortion in that particular state um, would be what in itself like the actual mailing of it would be illegal is also like putting other drugs that can also be used for abortion may not be like maybe use off-label for example for abortion but that other folks need like I forget what the specific drugs were but there were a couple of drugs that people have been that have used off-label to um help with their abortion um that are also really vital for folks with like chronic illnesses yeah (laughs) and like those Uh folks are really worried that like they're not going to be able to access this if it's if this is taking to like its legal conclusion like if this argument is being made this it's a uh, methotextrate is used yeah. for um it's used for people with like autoimmune diseases like there is this case like right after Roe v Wade was overturned of this woman in Tennessee I believe who she's been taking methotextrate to deal with her like debilitating chronic pain around her autoimmune disease um, for like nine years or something like that. And like when she went to go, but methotextrate has also been known to be used for like to or to cause um, abortions or miscarriages or whatever. And uh, she went to her pharmacy to get her prescription refilled and they're like, oh, we can't refill this because you look like a, a person capable of childbirth in their childbirthing years. And so she's like, 
uh, what the hell? Like, I need my drugs. Like, I'm in pain. And that's bullshit. If, like, a dude came in here with the same condition, he wouldn't be denied. Um, and so I think she's seeking a um, hysterectomy so she can continue getting her medication, which is just wild. That's wild. Yeah, that's really, that's really crazy. So, I mean, it's bad enough that this is obviously the biggest impact it's, it's going to have is on people who are who are seeking abortion care but it's also like potentially going to have all these other i want to be hopeful i want to say unintended consequences but kind of like predictable consequences too for all these other people that need access to things and it and it's just like that law like specifically it's not about like someone's health it's not about protecting like the male system it's like it's about like putting a moral judgment on folks and like making that a part of like our legal system like it's not protecting anybody it's just like enforcing a moral code yeah 100 percent. and like it's important to note that like this whole thing there's obviously the context that like this is horrible for people capable of pregnancy and then like there's the context of the understanding that like our judiciary has always been targeting like black, brown, people of color, low-income folks, like it's always been targeting them. And like now people are kind of freaking out because it's like, this is not just, because this is the FDA, this like, you know, it's it, I don't want to like compare impact, right? Cause that's like weird. But like when Roe v. Wade was overturned, that had like specific impact that was sequestered to states where we knew they were going to like, they either had laws already in place that said once Roe v. Wade is overturned, uh, the abortion is illegal in this state. Like they're called trigger bans. And there's like states that we knew are hostile and who are still like looking into banning abortion or like significantly restricting it to the point where it's like not even a thing. Um, like Florida, for instance, that's trying to pass like a six week ban or whatever. Um, yep. And, uh, but like, so that, that context is important, but it's also important to note that like, this is an attack on our like democratic system, right? Because if we're saying, if we're just undercutting what the FDA, like their role as like part of the executive branch is to like have this expertise, to have this like this authority to make decisions about like how our drugs are approved and whether they're safe and whether they're effective and how they're distributed and things like that. If we're saying that a judge can just come come along, one judge in Amarillo, Texas, and say that this drug shouldn't, like nationwide, folks shouldn't be able to access it. Oh, back to my impact point. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> the, Roe v. Wade was specific to like those states, like that could be an abortion, but this is nationwide. Like folks in mm-hmm. California, in New York, in Massachusetts, in our most blue states, like this ban or this ruling on mifepristone is going to impact them too. So like for the entire regulatory system to be attacked in this way, our administrative agencies, like their expertise, their authority to be attacked in this way, like that's a direct attack on our like systems of democracy, which is just screwed up. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I have a little bit more faith that folks in the FDA know a little bit more about drugs than (laughs) some fucking idiot judge in the middle of buttfuck Texas. Like... I just like yeah. I, I just refuse to like, and like I'm not even like I'm not even like someone who's like woo like the administration or like silver servants like whatever. But yeah. I think that you at least have to have an air of like I went to school for this shit 
to be able yeah. to get into those agencies. Like, I mean, there's some, there's some like, you know, like director level stuff that it does seem to be mostly political, but it seems like the most of the stuff that works there kind of like understands at a basic level, like what's going on. Like, like on a basic level has like a bachelor's degree in biology. Like, right, right. <laughs> And yeah, and I, for some reason, I, I don't know, I trust that more than this random guy. I don't know. I, I agree. I'm not like Little Miss, trust her, trust every agency, blah, blah, blah. Like, like part of like my job is to like push back on things that agencies do and like help them like understand when things they do are problematic and like how they can improve certain things. So like, but this is just wild. Like this is just like yeah. next level. Yeah. So what are the next steps? Um, it was, it's now in the hands of the of the Supreme Court, right? And what's sort of expected there? So the DOJ filed a um, an application with the Supreme Court on Friday the 14th to stay the order of the district court. Judge Kazmarek and the Fifth Circuit, um, and they also requested an administrative stay. Um, and they like explained all the reasons why, and essentially um, that they filed that Friday. And then shortly after, and they had to file it with Judge Alito, which is ew, because he's the one who like wrote the opinion overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, then the Supreme Court came out on that Friday, like shortly after and granted the full stay. Um, so they didn't, so like as of Thursday evening, like after the Fifth Circuit decision came out, like the expectation was that MIFA Priston would be accessible nationwide, but with the like REMS restrictions from 2016, which requires in-person distribution or uh, yeah, dis- distribution, like a lot of crazy restrictions that just make it a lot harder for folks to get access. So Supreme Court said they would grant the stay. So the Fifth Circuit's like did, like partial ruling wouldn't go through. Um, and that would be in place until tomorrow, April 19th. So basically that, that means just status quo, like, like it's still available just as it was before all this craziness until tonight, basically as we record this. Yeah. So tomorrow we're going to find out, uh, hopefully tomorrow, what happens with the Supreme Court girlies, unless they're just like, "Mm, I don't know, figure it out. We'll see. But like the stay expires tomorrow at 11.59 p.m. What are your predictions? Do you think they're going to like fully take this up or like answer some of these questions? I don't know. Because they have a couple options. They could, they could say like, I don't know. Yeah, what are your thoughts on on what might happen? No, like, there are a couple options. They could, like, deny the, like, district court decision entirely. Um, They could, uh, they could go with the Fifth Circuit decision, which is, like, keeping it to the pre-2016, like, restrictions that are really difficult to get access. Or they could completely side with the district court, which means that Mifepristone would be bans nationwide in every state and um that it would also be like banned from being accessed via the mail my cynical ass thinks they're going to do the last option because i don't have any yeah. faith at all like in this judiciary anymore like you well, know I just feel why- like if they're gonna do the the, if they're gonna do like the nuclear option i feel like they would have to like sit on the case for a little bit longer no like yeah well so this like 
stay is only it's not on the merit it's like yeah. uh just like keeping the status quo until they have an opportunity to decide on the merits um but i think like once they are deciding on the merits which they will be um they're gonna just gut it completely because i just i don't trust them and they're all anti-abortion freaks or majority anti-abortion freaks um but the one thing i have been thinking about is like look we all know like look what just happened with clarence thomas and how he's like rendezvousing with the richest bitch in the world and like going on private jets and cruises and stuff with the dude who has like nazi memorabilia (laughs) in his house and like all this crazy stuff um so like clearly the the, like (laughs) anti-abortion folks have like there's like a venn diagram of like conservatism extremist racism and hyper capitalism and what is mm-hmm. hyper capitalist our private healthcare industry so True. i am like what so like the like we private, need to like, we need to do a we need to do one of those charts following the money of where the manufacturers of mifepristone like where they kind of land i mean big pharma is going wild like all the big pharma girls including Far- pfizer whatever they wrote an amicus brief in support of like the doj and like danco which is like one of the um drug distributors or manufacturers of mifepristone and like basically being like this is wild this is going to screw up everything like this is going to destroy our like entire regulatory process around drugs because they're scared because that's going to come for their bag right so like i'm thinking like all these conservatives like they love big pharma because they have their pockets lined somewhere along the line with big pharma i don't know this is just me trying to hope that like they don't blow it all up yeah i think the the real hope here is that people are more money hungry capitalists than like religious zealots like more yeah (laughs) that's that's like the only thing that will save us (laughs) please like Think about your money before you think about sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also, if, if this is your first time listening in, I just want to highlight that we are laughing through the pain. We're not laughing yeah. because this is a joking matter. We're laughing because this is how, like, both of us cope with truly heart-wrenching and horrible, the horrible events that have plagued our professional and personal lives because of this. Yeah. So, um, you know, we definitely n- never want to be insensitive to folks, especially like we both live in DC. We have kind of like, I guess, like access and privilege in that way, although maybe not for long. Um, yeah. So we don't want to be flippant about this, um, but just want to highlight that this is just the way that we deal with our big emotions. <laughs> to be clear, I cry daily, so... <laughs> Just not on this podcast. I don't yet. cry at all because I have the opposite problem. I just hold everything in and everything's a joke and everything's fine. Um, all right. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah, I'm exhausted by this fucking stuff. I am over it. Oh, what can yeah. people do to help, though? Let's give some action yeah. items out here. Yeah, yeah, Great. Um, all right, folks. You can, first and foremost, like donate to your local abortion fund donate to abortion funds in states where abortion is currently banned because those people if they can't access medication abortion through the mail they're going to have to go to states where abortion is 
not banned and that's going to take money and travel costs and childcare costs and like housing costs and gas money and all those things so you know um and that's things that abortion funds help pay for so donate to those um and like just talk like educate yourself about medication abortion talk to family and friends about it like you'd be surprised so many people don't really know about medication abortion um which is understandable because that's like the function right but like talk to folks and and educate yourself and just like support the groups out there that are working on the ground with grassroots doing grassroots efforts to help people who are impacted by this yeah and talk about you know if you can like talk about it publicly too like it's not just like a women's issue and it's not just like an issue for people who are able to get pregnant it's an issue for everyone and like i i remember like when roe v wade um the decision came down um i blasted my little boyfriend for not posting anything until he posted something so <laughs> that's the kind of energy that we want to bring is to make sure that everyone is talking about it like if you're gonna be an ally like let's really put our whole pussies into this like let's yeah. really try to even if you think that you know like i'm not saying to speak for for anyone but i am saying that like it is your issue like if you know someone who has had an abortion which you probably do and they might not have told you or if you know someone who like benefits from or is at risk of not having this life-saving care then it is your issue and you should care <laughs> and you should be public about it as much as you can yeah and i just want to like include a caveat here by saying like as of right now mifepristone is still accessible okay yeah um it is safe like we said it is effective but in the event that mifepristone is banned there is this other process called the misoprostol only process um that is a way that you can still get a medication abortion. Um, it's just taking like one of the two part protocol. The gold standard is mifepristone plus misoprostol, but just misoprostol is still an option. It's not currently under attack. There may be some implications with the Comstock Act around mailing it because it's considered a medication abortion drug or is used for that purpose. But you know, that's we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But that is an option. It's also just important, though, to note that, like, that's a safe and effective option, but it's important to note that the misoprostol-only process has, like, a less eff- effective rate than the mifepristone misoprostol process, so that means that, like, people may, like, still be pregnant after using the misoprostol-only process and then need follow-up care, which requires going to clinics, and then if they're doing that, they're kind of in, like, an unsafe situation where they're, like, maybe halfway miscarrying, halfway not. So, like, this isn't to say, like, you're totally screwed and, like, everything's terrible. I mean, it is, but, you know, just want to include that that caveat. Yeah, there's other options, and, again, we're not doctors and we're barely lawyers, so we're going to include some (laughs) links. Um, Yeah. For people who have, like, real information. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, let's move on to our pop culture slash white flop of the week. Um, Bridget, do you want to intro this segment and explain to the people what this is about? So our White Flop of the Week segment is something we do every episode um, where Anna, as the non-white person of the two of us, gives me a white flop moment. 
or if Anna can't come up with one, I'll supply one. And then as the resident white, I have to uh, respond. <laughs> and we chat, we chat it out. But um, yeah, Anna, yeah. what is the, what's the subject for this week? Okay, so this week, I know that we have all watched... Sorry, let me wait for this motorcycle to pass. And then... I'll... Can you hear that? Yeah, no, actually I can't. Oh. Okay, so this week... We're actually going to be talking about the Love is Blind season four finale. I will say, Bridget informed me before we started recording that she hasn't seen the finale, but the specific people that I'm going to talk about and the situations that I'm going to talk about don't involve the finale or even the live reunion, which is a like its own white flop. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, like just the issues around the live stream. Yeah. But that was like its own flop. In itself. So I'm gonna try to keep it spoiler free, but I wanted this week to talk about the biggest flops of the season. I think, okay, so we know that Irina is kind of like the worst of the worst in the whole season. Horrible. Jackie surprisingly rose to the ranks towards the end. Um, I was really rooting for her. I thought she kept it real, but then she got really toxic <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden. Um, and then I think an, uh, an underrated flop is Micah. I feel like we're giving Micah too much credit. I think Micah is like kind of the scariest to me because of the way that she manipulates every situation for her not to look like the mean one. Um, Again, I don't know these people. I don't know anything about them, but they're the biggest flops in my opinion. Um, I think specifically the mean girl energy that came from Micah and Irina throughout the pods of them gossiping and like laughing at people who are having like real adult emotions was just like (laughs) so unhinged. And like, it is true that like, I think this show specifically just showcases like the worst version of yourself like on TV. So I do want to give some, you know, grace around that. I'm sure like I wouldn't, I I don't know. I feel like I would be cognizant that there's fucking cameras in my face and that I need to not be a mean girl. And they were just so mean for no reason. And I, and I think, they were both kind of there for the wrong reasons and like I don't know they just both gave me the ick like if nothing else don't like if you can't not be mean because you can't you don't want to like if because you want to be a good person um or you don't want to be a good person be don't be mean to have some self-preservation yeah. like the way that fake. like yeah like after for example like when Bliss, it was Bliss and Micah who were both no it was Bliss and um uh what's her name um Irina who both like uh what's his freak ass name the property brother the uh the (laughs) Zach Zachary Zach so embarrassing and scary okay which by the way this isn't a spoiler but Zach is a gossip and you're gonna see that in the finale he literally (laughs) and if you follow him on Instagram he's such a gossip and I kind of love it Zach when he was singing to Irina, oh Irina, <laughs> you made the amount of songs, okay, the, s- <laughs> the songs in this season were unhinged, uncalled for, forced upon me. I think everyone that sang a song should go to jail. I'm off like tune, off tune. <laughs> like I just feel like I'm typically like anti-carceral state, but I think the two men that got up. <laughs> and sang for live TV, and then the Netflix, whoever edited this shit together, those, all those people should go to jail immediately. That the way nuts. I would have And I had been, to sit there and watch it. 
the way I was scratching my face off when he was singing and when uh what's his name was um Kwame to Chelsea and Chelsea was sobbing like this is so beautiful God. and it was so off tune it was horrible so bad. if I was recording them I would have been laughing my ass off I would have been screeching <laughs> laughing <laughs> can you imagine I like can't even I would be too embarrassed to like do that on TV if I knew I was the best guitar player and had the best voice in America. I would still be embarrassed. <laughs> but to get up there and not even have any skills and sing these awful songs is just like, it's wild. It's wild. Um, anyway, after Zach, who was creepy, I honestly, Irina's mean, but I kind of agreed that like he was scary that he didn't blink. Yeah, and that his like, his vibe was just like, I would want him to touch me either, but she went about it in like a really weird way. Anyway, um, she was like fighting to the death to end up with Zach, and he like, she said like in the pods, she was like, I don't care if he's four foot one, like ugly blah blah he's my man like i'm gonna be with him the second she sees him she's like ew oh my god like (laughs) i hate you but like when zach breaks up with bliss who's like now married to zach Mm. when zach breaks up with bliss she like goes into the pods and obviously cries and has like an emotional reaction to this because she clearly was serious about him. Irina's yeah. like sitting in the corner with a little smirk on her like face. Laughing. With Micah and laughing. Yeah. It was horrendous. I just think, and uh, I don't know, did you see like Micah's friends when they, first met, when they met Paul were also like similarly awful? And did you see their, their wedding too? Or did yes. you not watch that? Okay. I watched that. They, first of all, they were hammered, which, like, if I was that girl, yeah. I would be so embarrassed of my conduct. So like, embarrassed. She was like, this is not it. Like, you deserve that. First of all, I think she's in love with her. No, she's absolutely a lesbian, right? Micah's best friend is in love with her. Yeah. There's no other yeah. explanation. Why would she be this mean and, and care this much and be so negative? Like, She was, like, boasting about how she's broken up with boyfriends that Micah has dated in the past like on behalf of like before Micah has agreed to it yeah no I think she definitely just wants to be in a relationship with Micah and like that's okay but there's like a different way to communicate that but she like um Micah I agree is like the silent evil because she was like actively like coming up to Kwame after like breaking Kwame's heart and like to be honest I thought Kwame's reaction to having Micah end things with him was a little bit weird like he was like being super possessive and like yeah it was like this is what we all signed up for bro like this is the process but like so I like didn't really and then Kwame sang really bad so I like he was in my bad book for a minute there (laughs) but then I kind of was like it turned for me when they all went to the resort because Micah was like drunk going up to Kwame being like I love you and I like I still could see myself with you and I think about you every day meanwhile like Paul her fiance is right there Chelsea Kwame's fiance is right there and then she's like and doing all this wasn't stuff. this the same pool party that Irina was trying to make moves at Paul yeah <laughs> Messy. yeah I thought she was weird for that and also then like she I never felt like she really liked Paul. So like when Paul, Mm-mm. when she gave Paul the option to like to to answer I do first, and he said I don't, she has like a mental breakdown, and I was kind of like, where's this coming from? Like I haven't seen you try to like really make this work, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I I just get a bad vibe from her. I think Irina deserves all the hate 
that she's getting. I think Micah deserves more hate. And yeah. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's what should happen. I don't, I think both of those girls were extremely mean for no reason and didn't seem to be there for the, for the right reasons. And I, I don't care how much Micah cries or like makes it seem like, you know, that this isn't her character. Like this is how you acted in front of a crew, several other people and cameras in front of you. So I don't want to know how you act like in private. With the knowledge that the recording would be broadcasted on like one of the most popular streaming services like ever. Yeah. Like if I was on camera, first of all, I wouldn't be. Second of all, I <laughs> <laughs> I just, I would be such a fake bitch. I would just be like. I would be so fake. I always have a theory like, you know how I always want to, like how I'm obsessed with Survivor and I always want to do Survivor. Like my theory, like I really believe that like I would probably be voted off like first because I know I'm not like everyone's cup of tea like I'm kind of like can be annoying so like, no. <laughs> I think I'll be voted off first for either being like annoying or bossy or like whatever or a threat um but I know that about myself the people who go on yeah. and then act however the hell they want and then like it's like are Ooh, surprised you're... when nobody likes them it's like you're yeah. icky. like be fake like be nice like I don't know N know thyself <laughs> yeah know um, thyself yeah but I am excited. Um, they previewed at the end of the reunion that there's going to be a lesbian version of the ultimatum coming out no soon. No way! Oh, that's going to crazy. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. They're all going to be getting, like, engaged after a, a second. Not to bring up lesbian tropes, but... <laughs> They're all gonna be, uh, what is it? U-hauling? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super excited. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. And I think it's gonna be a good palate cleanser from, like, this garbage that we had to sit through. I want a queer version of Love is Blind. Me too. I think that would be really good too. There have been other, like, queer dating shows, but I just haven't, like, kept up with them as much as I have, like, Love is Blind or The Ultimatum. Also, like, they really need to fire Nick and Vanessa. Like, oh my god. <laughs> you're gonna see in the in the reunion but vanessa is a little bit unhinged with her questions and i also was googling nick lachey apparently he got like um he had to go to like substance abuse counseling because he like assaulted a woman like a paparazzi person uh. like and i saw the video because usually i'm kind of like maybe they deserve to be slapped but she was like across the street he like comes up to her car and starts like like putting hands on her and vanessa uh. is like egging him on like he steps back for a moment and, he, and then she says something like oh get back in there get in the car open the open the door like egging him on i think they were both really drunk obviously not that it excuses anything but they're both kind of unhinged and really not like good role models for <laughs> loving healthy relationships in my opinion and no. whatever they do next i think they need to put like tiff and brett can be the new <laughs> can be the new host or um from that first season what is that guy's name the the guy the white guy and the black girl who are really cute together oh, and are still together cameron and cameron let me see cameron love is i just remember his name because he was like different cameron hamilton and lauren lauren yeah they look yeah, right. they like have a kid together and stuff like they're really cute yeah. they, Wait, should, but they should be the host they should because they were the first match ever on love is blind and yeah. they're still together but wait mm -hmm. um cam wait 
So Nick Lachey came... Was this, like, in L.A. when this yeah, happened? I okay, think so. I highly doubt the paparazzi was there to see their, like, <laughs> D-level celebrity asses. <laughs> like, they probably were, like, at a restaurant with, like, Gwyneth Saltrow. And then they were like, the paparazzi's taking pictures of us. And also, like, it literally... From the video, it was basically just this one one person in one car. Like, I didn't see any other paparazzi. Like, obviously, whoever was recording, maybe. But it wasn't like, you know, when you think of paparazzi, like, and you think of, like, this kind of stuff, you feel like, oh, it's, like, at night. There's, like, a thousand people taking pictures. Like, it was empty. The street was empty. It was fucking broad daylight. Like, nothing was happening. It's just, like, these two drunk idiots were, like, let's beat up this woman in her car who's doing her job. And, like, like literally, like, 50 feet away from them. Like, across the street. Like, not, not even bothering them. Like, not them being, like, I can't take it anymore. The paparazzi is too much for us. Like, what are you... Like, people have gotten close to me, like, taking pictures of my dogs. Like, and I'm not out here slapping people about it. Like That's so embarrassing and weird. Yeah, they're annoying. I just saw a TikTok of somebody pretending to be Vanessa Lachey and being like, so, when are you guys having babies? Like, who's pregnant? Oh, my God. That was so weird. She just kept asking. Like, she asked, like, four or five times out of nowhere. And it's just like, this is so uncomfortable. And, like, all the couples were like, yeah, we literally just got together. So, like... We're still thinking through that. <laughs> like, we literally met, like, four months ago and are currently legally married. Can you give us a break? And and also, like, let's not, like, explicitly talk about our sex lives, like, right now or, like, our fertility, <laughs> like, Yeah, right or, like, assume that we want to have kids in general. Yeah, you, yeah, or like, that we can, uh, or, like... Uh, yeah whatever it was really weird i hope they get fired i mean she wasn't on did you watch the perfect match no you have to watch it because it's all like the like most like chaotic like like netflix reality tv stars from like love is blind the mole like all together in one house and it's like wild like i was hooked watching it Hmm. yeah i didn't i don't know why i wasn't drawn to it but maybe i'll watch it Cause isn't um what's his face on there? Um, Bayless, not Bayless, something like that. He has a kid now. I don't know Bayless. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, very wild. Okay. <clears throat> Should we close this out? Yeah, I think we covered all the things. Um. Yeah. So you wanna for our, our next and final segment is the mental health inspiration of the week. Uh, what do you wanna share with? Anna um I didn't have anything prepared but I'm just getting inspired right now by my surroundings um now that I am rich and I have chosen not to be poor I just want this message to our listeners to just choose to be rich um I live in a beautiful home that I have decorated I have many animals I go on many trips and it's it's really been a blessing and I just I think you all need to pull yourselves by your bootstraps. Um, I'm also against income tax. Um, every time I see that leave, it makes me sad. And um, okay, uh, national not on National Tax Day. Enough with your girl boss ass. Um, yeah, I live in my dream neighborhood in my dream house. Um, and I have a skylight in my bathroom. So I yeah. can't relate to you broke bitches. I <laughs> don't wish I could. And um, I wish you well. 
I wish you well on your journey <laughs> to success. Like me. I will Anna's apartment is gorgeous. And like, I was so jealous of it. And like, every time she brought me into a new room, I was like, what? What? <laughs> so there's I so many to... rooms. I have stairs in my apartment. There's floors. There's and it's like It's like funky. There's like cool, unique things happening. Um, but I think to translate for Anna, Anna's saying, <laughs> you know, put, put yourself and your needs first and um, like prioritize within reason, obviously, prioritize your own joy. Um, and I will have to second that and say like the past couple of yeah. months have been very transformative for me. I got out of a very toxic relationship and I have yeah. been putting like really focusing on protecting my energy and my mental health and like like going on like walks and stuff like that. Um, and just like being really active about who I allow into my like energy field and who and removing people from my energy field that are just like not serving me at the moment and I feel like I've just built like a very strong relationship with myself in the last couple of months by doing that because it's shown me that like at no matter what, I'll take care of myself. And I haven't always done that in the past. Like I've abandoned myself or like people please and things like that. And so I feel really like good right now and happy and healthy. And I'm enjoying, you know, my like my hot bitch era, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, not to like, I, I just remember the first time we hung out like after this whole drama ended with your ex and like moving out and like all this stuff, like, you like were visibly like just like a lighter, like more bright looking person. Aww. Like you just seemed like someone who was just like, just like radically different. Like still you, still the same person, but you could just like tell immediately that like you were just like in a different space. Um, and I'm really happy. Thank you. I love you. Aww. So weird. You being nice to me. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> it's just for the podcast. This is what I, when I, when I say fake. This is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, um, this word to the wise girls. Sometimes it's depression, but sometimes it's the person you're Dirt dating. <laughs> Wait, have you seen that TikTok? That's like, he's not the love of your life. He's just a man. Hit him with your car. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my algorithm is wild. It's like all things like that i kept saying hit it with your car when i was driving with steve and he was like could you please stop saying that it's making me feel bad and i'm like i don't mean you i mean all men <laughs> but yeah yeah <laughs> exactly anyway all right i think that's it let us know how we did let us know what we should talk about next time we're gonna try to come back and hopefully slash unfortunately maybe have some analysis on whatever the court does with this miffy case um and that's it yeah and just no matter what people who are advocates on the ground are never gonna stop fighting for abortion access namely medication abortion access so like just keep Keep on keeping on, and it will all be okay, beloved. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right. Um, DM us on Instagram with your white flop of the week or any questions that you might have, and we'll see you the next time that we record, which will be later. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> great. Let me see. We're so great. Wow. <laughs>